Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe presented by Coop Aleworks. We're recording this on the morning of Thursday, February 16th. That means the All-Star break has officially begun. But Gallo, you and I, we are focused. We're locked in. We are where our feet are right now. All-Star break doesn't start until after this podcast for we, us. We got to give Thunder Faithful the content <laughs> that they need. And they, they want to hear about what's happened over the last week or so in Thunder Basketball. There's been a lot of happenings. The, the announcement that Shea Gildas Alexander was made to the All-Star roster. We've got all, all things All-Star coming up later in the podcast. We'll get you all set up for what to look forward to in Salt Lake City. But before then, the Thunder played three games. One of them happened last night in this building, inside of Paycom Center. It was a tremendous win against the Houston Rockets. But, but before that, back on Friday, we were on the road. We were We were in Portland, and that game, Gallo, it had a lot of ups, had a lot of downs, but the Thunder ultimately came out on top in that one. Yeah, third game of a long West Coast road Mm -hmm. trip. And for a team like the Thunder, who had had a couple days off in L.A. in between those games, coming off of an incredible win in the night that LeBron James sets the all-time scoring record. I mean, we, we talked about this with Matt Pinto, the voice of the Thunder on the radio on the last pod. But it was going to be fascinating to see how the Thunder would then turn around and deal with the challenge of a Portland team that's kind of uh, it's been a division rival for mm-hmm. a long time now and a team that um, obviously has very high-end talent, Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons. And it was an absolute shootout for the first three quarters of this game. And then when Portland kind of had the Thunder on the ropes in the fourth quarter, I think Portland got up by about nine. The Thunder absolutely turned on the switch and I think outscored the Blazers – like by 33 to nine over the yeah. next uh, maybe eight minutes of that game. Yeah, the fourth quarter was certainly one of the biggest storylines of that one. The main reason why the Thunder was able to come away with a victory in that game. But there were also so many cool storylines within this yeah. game. One of them, obviously, my favorite was the fact that it was Lou's first game back after missing that six game stretch with that right hamstring strain. But it was interesting because Lou came off of the bench in this game, which is the first time that's happened for Lou since his yeah. rookie year. He didn't play the entirety of the first quarter and this was mainly for you know kind of reserving his minutes making sure that he's good to go because coach Dagnall says Lou plays his minutes a certain way and so you got to be able to use them wisely and he as soon as he stepped onto the floor he obviously had the task of defending Damian Lillard and he did a phenomenal job in that this was a fascinating situation because and and after the game Shea said that the coaching staff the medical staff Mm -hmm. they played it absolutely perfectly they knew that Lou was going to be on about a 20-minute restriction. That's exactly what he played, 20 minutes precisely. But they decided to wait and not play him for the entire first quarter. And so they gave him some of those those minutes in the second quarter. And then Lou was able to play the entirety of the fourth quarter, right. basically. And bas- effectively served as the Thunder's closer defensively. Yeah. You know, I was thinking of like, Mariano Rivera and Trevor Hoffman and some of these like amazing baseball closers that just come in into the ninth inning and it's like you know you're not going to score and that's basically what happened with Lillard down the stretch of that game when Dort was guarding him Lillard's numbers you know fell off a right. cliff basically mm-hmm. and in that fourth quarter uh, Lillard was not effective at all in fact just two of five from the field three turnovers yeah. in that fourth quarter and, and that was all Lou Dort's handiwork and it was after Damian Lillard put up 20 points in the first quarter mm-hmm. only had 18 for the remainder of the game through the next three quarters yeah. total and Lou on the other end of the floor did his thing he didn't miss a single shot went six of six from the field three of three from three 18 points in his return so that was just a lovely sight for us and of course all Thunder fans who who love Lou Dort seeing him out there on the floor. Yeah. 
And oh, by the way, one of his backcourt mates, a guy named SGA, he went for 44 in the game. Just was so unbelievably efficient. He he got 44 points on 16 shots. Yeah. I mean, that's like, those are unheard of numbers. You either have to be bombing a ton of threes or you have to be going to the free throw line a million times like Shaq used to do. And Shea did it more the Shaq way. He was 13, the Shaq way. 13 of 16 from the field and 18 out of 19 from the, the free throw line. So incredible efficiency from him. I loved his shot chart after the game. Yeah. It was literally just a bunch of green dots around the rim. It literally looked like a sinner's shot chart. And he didn't make a single three in that game. It was just unbelievable how efficient he was with his scoring. But also, it was just getting to the free throw line. It was getting downhill, getting to the rim. But it wasn't... It, was, it wasn't just the Shea show. It didn't really feel like no. it was all about him in this game. Everybody was getting involved offensively. Well, I asked him after the game in the walk-off interview, you know, the whole building, the Moda Center, everybody on the Blazers bench knows where Shea wants to get to. Yeah. How is it that he's continually living at the the, the rim? And he said something to the effect of, like, I guess that's just my skill set. But <laughs> And that's a humble way of saying they can't stop me. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, that's and, one way to put right, it. Right. I mean, and and that's the fascinating thing about Shea. Our very own Nancy Lieberman actually yeah. asked Mark Degnold a question about this last night before the, the Thunders game against Houston. Basically, like, what is it about this combination of mm-hmm. speed, quickness, ball handling, dexterity, counter moves that Shea has? And you know, Mark didn't have a clear answer about it, but but it is obvious that Shea has something that a lot of guys in this league don't have, which is the ability to get to whatever spot on the floor that he wants to get to, yeah. no matter what defensive scheme is covering him. Yeah, and Mark, in that answer, he, he, he kind of laid out, like, most guys who have that have some sort of physical mm-hmm. advantage, but Shea doesn't really lean on that. He right. leans on his skill, he leans on his IQ, and he leans on his teammates as well, and he's done a really good job of that, obviously, all season long, and in this game in particular, putting up 44 points. So, a really strong road trip for the Thunder, just kind of overall, with yep. that big win in L.A., that big win in Portland and this team just keeps showing and showing their, their growth and their resilience. And, and that, that road trip was a really great example of that. Yeah. And a great opportunity to learn in game in that Portland contest, because the defense was not there for mm-hmm. most of the night, frankly. I mean, the Blazers were getting way too many easy looks, but the ability to turn on, turn it on in the fourth quarter was very impressive. And it's not one of those like, Oh, you know, we're going to start playing now. Let's flip the switch. It was more, they were able to catch a rhythm and they were able to work out some of those problems in the course of the game. And, mm-hmm. and I think the the effort and the energy were there for the entire 48 minutes. That's a constant for this team. But for this young group, sometimes, you know, they're still seeing the pictures on these things. Right. These guys are still, um, as Mark would say, they're sort of building their libraries on some of these players and some of these opponents. Right. And so I, I thought that was a very encouraging sign to be able to recognize some areas that they needed to improve upon in the middle of that game. And then in the fourth quarter, when it really mattered, when they were up against the ropes to be able to, to deliver on, you know, making those changes that they needed to make. Yeah. And, and that story kind of played out in an, on a kind of a larger scale over the next two games for the Thunder. So after that game in Portland, the Thunder had a day off on Sunday before returning to action back inside of Paycom Center for their final two games before the All-Star break. They played the New Orleans Pelicans on Monday, and then last night on Wednesday, they played the Houston Rockets for the final time this season, which is kind of crazy, the fact that the yeah. Thunder played Houston three times in one month over a span of two weeks. It was in a the lot shortest of- month of the year. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was a lot of Houston Rockets during this early part of February. But the Thunder 
did not get out to a strong start against New Orleans. They were not, they didn't land the first punch. Mm -hmm. New Orleans kind of took the reins. They took on a very strong lead, 20 points, I believe, a 20-point lead in that game. Now, the Thunder, as they always do, they rally back, they scratch back, they claw their way back into a ball game, and it was a one-possession game multiple times in that second half for the Thunder, but wasn't enough to get over the hump. And so the Thunder, walking away from that game, just really, like, not, not, really feeling the effort that they put into that game, not liking the fact that they had to climb back. And really, the Thunder had been able to get out to really strong starts for – you know, several games prior to that, the LA game, the the Portland game. And so this was kind of a little bit out of character for what we'd seen from them recently. They responded in such a strong way a couple of nights later against the Rockets. And this was a team that had beat them twice this season. And the Thunder came out and they said, nope, we're not playing around. We're not messing around. We're taking care of business and we're sticking to our game plan. And we're going to let you know from the very first possession. I know that if you look at the at the standings, this might seem like a crazy statement, but I actually, it's hard to pick a more challenging opponent and situation to go up against in the final game of the, of the regular season prior to the all-star break for a team like the Thunder to go up against a team that you've just seen three other times yeah. already this season, twice, just a couple weeks ago. The last time you played them, you scored a Thunder record, 153 points. Right. And oh, by the way, this team, they've, they've got the worst record in, in the Western Conference. They play an incredibly loose style. They just made a bunch of trades at the trade deadline, so their team's kind of in flux. And yet, despite all of that, despite this looming all-star break that's coming that's you know just two and a half hours away, yeah. three hours away, the Thunder had so much professionalism. They had so much discipline. They had so much focus. And it was something that the team really made a point of and made sure was very clear in the days leading up to the Rockets game. And from the very outset, a nice 15 to five burst to start this game, the Thunder really took control and never looked back. Yeah. So just a a couple of numbers to to help you understand just kind of the dominance that the Thunder kind of held onto this game with throughout all 40, it was a true 48 minute performance. Thunder put up 133 points, not quite 153, Mm -hmm. but certainly a really strong offensive night for the Thunder. All 13 players that were available for the Thunder played and they all scored four or more points. Talk about balanced scoring. It doesn't get more yeah. balanced than that. And that's the first time in Thunder history that that has happened, to, to have all 13 active players score four or more points. And the offensive balance, I think, was a, a huge factor in the yeah. game because, um, again, this is a team in Houston that is going to play loose. They've got guys that are going to try to bait one-on-one matchups and um, you know getting guys' heads. And the Thunder just like rose above all of that stuff. Yeah. And, um, and so you had great balance in the, in the starting lineup, some reserves, a guy like Dario Sarge gets his first exactly. thunder minutes and he goes for a dozen points in that bench role. So um, really encouraging signs from everybody. Shea of course did his yeah. thing again. He had 29 points. That was the 20th consecutive game with at least 20 points for Shea. He now has 50 20 point games this season. That's the most in the NBA. He should be an all-star. Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> a, good that's a really good idea. Yeah. The other guy that really stepped in, stepped up for the thunder in this one was Jalen Williams, Jay Will, the rookie out of Arkansas, mm-hmm. stepping into the starting lineup for he's kind of gotten a little bit of a consistent yeah. stretch in the starting lineup for the Thunder here. And in this game, he pulled down 16 rebounds. Now, he is probably he coach Dagnall has said this multiple times that he has probably one of the best physical profiles mm-hmm. of all the rookies, just NBA ready physical yeah. profile, right? Yeah. Like he's just he's just a like a force down there, right? Mm-hmm. And he used that to his advantage against a guy like Alperin Shengun around the rim, being able to box out, get these rebounds, because Houston's a team that 
really kind of sells out to win the glass. Yeah, they're one of, if not the best offensive rebounding team in the entire NBA. They send practically all five guys yeah. to the glass. I actually talked to Steven Silas, the Rockets head coach before the game, just about that that philosophy and, and whether that's personnel driven or whether that was something that they've looked at internally as a team. And he said it was kind of a combination of both. They have guys in Shingoon and mm-hmm. Tari Eason and Jay Sean Tate who are high-level offensive rebounders anyway, but they also looked at it from the perspective of trying to keep teams out of transition defense. And basically, if you're crashing the offensive glass, that's holding the opposition to stay in and box out in defensive rebound. And the thing that really flipped that on its head last night for the Thunder was OKC was able to seal off all of those (laughs) defensive boards and, and they were still able to get out and run. Which and, was kind yeah. of like a mind-boggling math puzzle to mm-hmm. me because after hearing Coach Silas talk before the game, it was like, okay, yeah, I, I can see how that would work. Like you send all five guys and it forces the defense to stay yeah. put and like box out but rather than leaking out in transition. The Thunder flipped that around by boxing out, getting the rebounds. Oh, but the guy who gets the rebound can actually just take it right. himself. So it's not like you have to initiate a break. It's just take it and go. Yeah, and so 24 fast break points as a result, that's well above the Thunder's regular season average. And so just a a continued showing of the concentration, focus, and discipline that the Thunder was playing with, that they had a clear game plan. They went out and executed. And I think one of the, we we talked about the balance scoring and, Mm -hmm. you know, not getting baited into some of these like one-on-one matchups and and whatnot. The Thunder only took three non-paint twos in the entire game. And that's a number that's going to be low for the Thunder anyway. Mm -hmm. But in a game like this, the last one before the All-Star break, everybody's trying to, you know, squeeze that last drop out of what they've got. You're going up against a team. You're up by 40 during some portions of the game. It would have been very easy to let go of the rope, to lose sight of the value of every single possession and what the team really wanted to try to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And the Thunder didn't get distracted at all. They didn't take shots that weren't within the game plan, within the team structure. Uh, And I think that is really more than the final score, which is 133-96. Like that approach, that discipline, that play after play mentality is what's really encouraging uh, as this team heads into the all-star break of like, hey, this is a team that is serious about what it wants to be. And as Mark Degnault said, if you want to be an uncommon team, and by uncommon he means, you know, an exceptional team, Mm -hmm. you've got to do uncommon things. And that means not falling prey or or being trapped, even though you're the youngest team in the league, into a type of game and a play style that you don't want to play. Yeah, so it's a really great habit showing through for the Thunder in that game, sticking to their their foundations, their principles, even when it'd be so easy to just kind of let this one slide and just kind of ease your way into the All-Star break. We didn't see any of that. Okay, real quick, one more thing I want to talk about is the guys – who pulled double duty for the Thunder oh, yeah, in yeah. this game because we had two of them, Trey Mann and Aaron Wiggins, both suited up for the Thunder that night against the Houston Rockets. But just a few hours before then, we were right there with them courtside <laughs> as they <laughs> faced off against the Memphis Hustle inside of Paycom Center at noon for the OKC Blue. They pulled double duty that day. Yeah, we've seen this a handful of times from Thunder players over the course of the last couple of years that they have these really fascinating doubleheader days inside yeah. Paycom Center. And so Trey, Aaron Wiggins, they were huge factors in the game. And mm-hmm. the Blue played much better in the second game of that mini series that they had against the Hustle on Wednesday that compared to how they played on Monday. And so just given the, the factor that those two guys have in the game, they played about 30 minutes apiece. Yep. And then to be able to turn around and 
Um, as Mark said, hey, we're going to burn it out knowing yeah. that the all-star break is is ahead. Let's load these guys up with some minutes. And they came in and and played some spot rotation minutes. Those guys combined for 20 minutes in the game against Houston. Yeah, and in the blue game, Aaron fi- finished with, I think, 14 mm-hmm. points. Trey yeah. had 24. Just really making the most of every minute that they have on the floor, whether it's with the blue or with the Thunder. So some really positive signs for the Thunder's young group out there on the floor. All right, we're going to take a short break here, but don't go anywhere because we're going to get you all all set up for Salt Lake City and everything you need to know coming up next week. Coop Illworks is the proud sponsor of Thunder Basketball Universe. Brewers of the fan favorites F5 IPA and 99 calorie ice chest IPA. You'll find those and many more Coop beers at retailers across Oklahoma. Learn more at CoopLworks.com. All right, the All-Star Weekend is officially upon us, and the Thunder is going to have some really strong representation down there in Salt Lake City. Both Josh Giddy and Jalen Williams, J-Dub, will be representing the Thunder for the team's the, the year's Rising Stars Challenge. And then in the All-Star Game for the very first time, our very own Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And this year's All-Star Game is going to be a little bit different because the two captains, Giannis and LeBron, are going to draft players right before the game. So it's like an old-school pickup game. I'm actually like really interested to see how this turns out. Yeah, I love it. If Michael Cage was here, he'd be saying that's exactly what they do in the church league, exactly. how they pick teams. So, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be super fun just to yep. see how that all breaks down. And um, I think it'll be extra interesting being in Vivint Arena. Um, you know, they've got an all-star in Laurie Markkinen, like when he gets drafted and if he's, you know, which team he gets drafted yeah, to, yeah. what portion of the draft he gets drafted. So I think all of that's going to be pretty fascinating. Obviously, we'll be really tuned in to see where Shea is drafting. I'm curious how they're figuring out the jersey situation. I know. Like, I guess they've got to have one of each just ready to rock. And I'm curious, are they going to like just line the guys up and like pick them at half court or is this going to happen like in backstage behind the scenes and then they put the jerseys on? If you're out? curious about all of these questions as well, you're going to have to tune in to our at OKC Thunder <laughs> social coverage on all of our, our channels at OKCThunder.com because we're going to figure this all out with you once yes. we get to Salt Lake City. Um, you know, I'll be out there with our great content team. We're going to have videographers, mm-hmm. photographers, our social crew, and we're going to be trailing J-Dub and Josh and Shay around Salt Lake City all weekend long. Um, Paris, as you set up, J-Dub, Josh, they're going to be playing for Team Joachim Noah Mm -hmm. um, as a part of the Rising Stars Challenge. That event is a little bit different than it has been in years past. Last year, I think, was the first time that they incorporated this new style where there's actually four teams. And it's a a little bit of like a miniature tournament that they play, uh, four teams of seven guys apiece. I believe there's actually going to be some G League players involved in this one. Yeah, G League Ignite's going to have a team dedicated to them as well. So um, this will be really cool to to see those guys um, in action. And um, they're going to have all sorts of um, events away from the court as well over the course of the weekend. So uh, be sure, as I said, to tune in there. And then you're definitely going to want to watch the Rising Stars game there on Friday night. Um, we'll be there at Vivint Arena. And then on Sunday, you got to tune in. Sunday night, that's when Shea will be in the, in the All-Star game. So, um, and, and you know with his fashion. I mean, this guy is going to be all around I Salt mean, Lake City yeah. doing all sorts of activations and pop-ups. So definitely um, keep your eyes peeled because this is this is what All-Star is all about. It's yeah. it's making connections. It's um, going out, you know, seeing fans. People flock from all over the world to be at this event. There's media from every single country that you can imagine that comes to cover this event. And so, you know, we'll be just 
getting in where we can fit in and, and making sure that we get the shots of our guys as, as best as we can. Well, we will have the all-star content crew out there in Salt Lake City, Nick Gallo among that crew. So you know it's going to be great stuff there. And I, Gallo, I think back to last season and back in Cleveland, it was Josh who was the lone representative for the Thunder. He was in the Rising Stars Challenge and the Skills Challenge last year. And I remember talking to him about that experience. And he was like, you know, it was just great to like be able to meet some peers of mine among the league you know I, I grew up in Australia I haven't I didn't really get a chance to go through the circuit and meet these guys this is really the first time I'm getting a chance to like make friends with these guys and now it's like it's three of them like three yeah. Thunder players like and and these these guys are so close off the court to just the entire Thunder team they're all so young they're all just so much fun and a joy to be around and so I'm excited for them to get to experience this together and of all weekends I mean all-star weekend it's going to be so much fun for sure I think that the camaraderie of these three guys is going to be amazing they all already mess with each other and yes. have such great fun together anyway the other aspect though I, I love that you pointed this out I think about a guy like J-Dub who was not highly recruited. Yeah. He did not go to a powerhouse school. There's not, you know, there's nobody else in his peer group that is like really in the NBA mm-hmm. from Santa Clara. Or, I will say yeah. he did have a cool connection last night in Houston with Ty Ty Washington, who grew yes. up in Arizona. They played AAU together, but I think that's the extent. That, that, that might be. And <laughs> yeah, so yeah. like for him to see some of these guys and get to know them and meet them for the first time, I think that'll be really fun. And then, I mean, this is a, a real big deal in terms yeah. of the club that you get to be in when you're Shea now mm-hmm. in terms of being an all-star. I mean, this is a room, this is a door that has been open to him that has not been open to him before. Yeah. And so for him to, to walk into um, that locker room, uh, whichever team he gets picked to, and, you know, he's suddenly on the same level as all of these guys that have been perennial all-stars. Yeah. And um, that is a really, really uh, humbling and incredible experience for a guy like Shea, who has absolutely earned that right to walk into that room. 100% and worked for it. He said he has yeah. a whole list of goals and this was just one of them. Right. And obviously he worked to accomplish that. One last thing I want to talk about, because this came up yesterday Well, in our pregame interview with Coach Silas, yeah. if you remember, just about All-Star Weekend. And he was like, you know, I really hope that all the guys he was talking about, his the, the couple of rising stars that, that Houston has. And he was like, I really hope they understand just the legends of the game yeah. that are going to be surrounding them throughout All-Star Weekend. Because Coach Silas used to work for the Retired Players Association, and they would kind of facilitate and organize some of these events around All-Star. And I just remember, like, last season, just... And any direction you turn your head in the arena, you're gonna see a legend yeah. of the game. And I, I'm I'm so excited for these guys to be able to experience that. And I don't know, accidentally run into Charles Oakley in the hallway, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> trip over. I don't like. There's just there's so many opportunities to connect with with the players who have come before you too. No doubt. I mean, this is it's a NBA convention. This is yeah. the equivalent of because of what happens with the NBA finals, where it goes back and forth to both cities. This is the NBA's opportunity to do what the Super Bowl is for the NFL, where Mm -hmm. everybody from all over the league flocks to wherever the Super Bowl city is. And that's where all the connections happen. All the players meet with former players. All the um, fans get to come to one location, regardless of whether their team is in the the big game or not. And so um, this is such a special situation. And, you know, it's something that the Thunder does not take for granted. And Thunder fans, this is now... 11 times already or, or more, I think, that, that the team has had representation at All-Star Weekend. Yeah. And it's just a long litany of players who have come through OKC who have been All-Stars. And, and really, uh, I think aside from one year, 
2021. Yeah. There, there's been representation by the Thunder in, at the All-Star game every single year um, since about 20, 2009, 2010. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's this is not something to take for granted because you look around the league. You know, this is not like baseball where everybody gets to have one All-Star on their team. Like, this just... It doesn't fall in your lap, but but here in OKC, it seems to to have done that here um, over the last decade and a half. Yeah, got to soak it up, got to enjoy it. And I know these guys are going to soak it up, be where their feet are, yeah. and be present and soak up that moment. We hope you soaked up this podcast, too. We talked about a whole lot. We got you all ready for All-Star. Be sure throughout the entire All-Star weekend, stay locked on OKCThunder.com and at OKCThunder on all social channels to keep up with Josh, J-Dub, and Shay, Nick has got you covered with everything that you need to know. So be sure to stay locked in there. But until our next episode, I want to thank you so much for watching and listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producer, Matt Bishop. And until next time, thunder up and catch you later. <laughs>